We're going to be all around the scriptures here today. There are a number of different places, so you have your outlines there in front of you, and that'll give you the the places where we're going, and also so that you can go and look them up. Now, we were going to take a look at this one characteristic for the entire uh, for the, the Sunday, and just and just finish it off. But um, I've been working on it for a little while. And then about 6.30 this morning, we changed horses. <laughs> and so I just rewrote the, the outline and, um, and put it together a little bit differently. So we're actually going to take a couple of weeks, two weeks to do just this one. Because I was, as I was going through, I just, it just wasn't settling with me. It seems like we were going to spend um, a little time on a lot. And I just I didn't feel like I could get you the handle on it that I wanted you to have. So we'll go for this every over two Sundays. But still, there are two main weaknesses in the Christian's character that seem to lead to most of our, our defeats in spiritual battles. You can, you can cite a lot of different weaknesses or a lot of different characteristics that you need to win battles, but there are two main ones that seem to drag most people down. The last, last week we took on the first one, which people don't know how to make a stand. They don't stand, they're not steadfast, they are moved off too easily. That is one reason that you will have problems in battle. The second one is our second quality of maturity. We're looking at seven qualities of maturity, uh, qualities of maturity here in these, um, uh, this little section of our, of our support series, building your support team. Today we're looking at patience. Patience is considered by the Jewish writers and the Jewish rabbis all through the years as being the most important virtue of all. I don't know exactly where they got that from, but I can't argue with them. It is a, it is a very important one. We're going to take a look at some of, the, some of the things that the Word has to say about this. And also, just as a side note, we're going to show you some things you can do with different translations, and you can get a lot of Greek understanding just by bouncing back and forth to, to different translations. Now, as we told you, the best support teams are made up of people that, do, that are not moved. If you want people around you like that, you've got to sow seeds of being steadfast. Because steadfast people, they attract steadfast people. And over the last couple of weeks, or a few weeks ago, we gave you the measure of maturity. It is what I speak to others, what I speak to myself, what I pick up. And what I put away. These are the things that you can really measure how mature you are. The things that you pick up, are they mature things? Are they adult things? Are they childish things? The things you put away, are you putting away childish things? What kind of things are we putting away? What kind of things are we speaking to other people? Do, do other people like to hear the words that come out of your mouth? If they don't, you probably ought to change some of the words that you're speaking. How about when you're speaking to yourself, thinking, or even saying out loud? Now, here's our main text here for this, this particular word, Romans 12, 12. We threw it on your, your bulletin, too. Rejoice in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. We need to be rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, and continuing steadfastly in prayer. The reason we're pulling this out is we want to take a look at this, this word here for patience. 
most of the time you see the word patient or long-suffering in the Word of God, it's translated from one of two Greek words. We're going to be looking at one of them here, which is hypomeno. hypomeno. There's a noun verb and there's a verb form. We're kind of dealing with both of them in the same way. And I wrote what this is uh, broken down from. Unfortunately, I didn't translate it out of the Greek for you. So those funny little letters there. Everybody have funny little letters on your outline? Yeah, I apologize for that. I usually try and pull them out and just give you the English ones. And somehow I, I missed that. But um, if you want to just write in the English equivalents right over top, you would write in the letter U, H, it's actually H-U-P-O, Hupo, or H-Y-P-O, some places put it that way. But I have it as H-U-P-O, Hupo. There is no H in the Greek letters. They don't have an H. It's, the, it's part of the breathing marks, which I didn't put that in there. But the other one is, is Meno. You can just write in there M-E-N-O. See, it's not that much different. All right, it's a little bit different. But um, in, the, in the word upo, you all know those, those letters there. U looks like a U, right? P, you all know that is pi. And then, of course, O is omicron, and that's the, the short O sound. So, short Greek lesson here. Didn't mean to have that going for you. But I want you to, wanted you to see is that this word is made up of two, under and to stay. This word, hupomeno, means to stay under. Pretty complex, huh? It means to stay under. It means whatever it is that's coming down upon you, you stay under it. Many times, Christians, we don't like to stay under things that are bad. We like to stay under the blessings. We like to stay under the, the, the windows that are pouring out blessings. That's a good thing to stay under. But we don't like to be under things that are unpleasant. Bless God, I'm a child of God. I'm a king. I'm a priest. I don't have to put up with these sort of things. And so we don't have a whole lot of endurance. And we don't, we don't go in there and we don't, don't do that a lot. Uh, just about everybody here has endurance for something. There is something you can do longer than most people. Because you've practiced it. Some people, it might be something physical, some kind of physical activity. For others, it's not physical activity, but it's playing a musical instrument. If you're not used to playing a certain particular musical instrument, it can hurt after a while. You have to develop uh, muscles, calluses, things that, you're, that are needed in order for that to uh, be able to, to go on for a while. If you sew, I've never been one who sews, but if, you, if I was, I imagine you have to build up some things because that's it just seems tedious to me. It seems like that would, that would drive me crazy. But uh, whatever it might be, knitting. Knitting was, I've watched my grandmother knit, and you could see her knitting, and you know, it would wear on certain parts of your finger. Whatever it is that you do, you have to develop some endurance to it. The only way that you can develop endurance is to stay under it. Whatever it is that you're going to do, you have to continue to do it. If you continue to do it, then we develop our ability to stay under it. And this is what he's teaching us here. There are so many verses in the Bible. We are not making an extensive study 
of how many times this word is used, because if you look at all the different forms of it, you could probably find this thing in over 50 verses in the New Testament. We're not going to look at 50 verses in the New Testament. We're going to look at some verses in the New Testament. But here in this one, patient in tribulation. There's no big deal to be patient out in good things. It's, it's not hard to be patient when things are sunny and bright. It's harder to be patient when conditions are not like we want. If it is 70 degrees and sunny outside, people endure it e easily. They go out in the, in the weather. Oh, this is great. I think I'll stay out here longer because there's, there's no trial. But if the temperature drops down to 9 degrees and the wind picks up to 40 miles an hour and you go on out there, your endurance isn't quite the same. I don't want to stay out in this. If the temperature drops or goes up to 95 degrees and the full sun is out there, we go out there for a little while, oh, that's enough of this, and we go back inside because it's testing our endurance. Most people feel like I'm patient because I can go out in 70 degree weather and be just fine. But then as soon as the test of trials come along, they feel like I did something wrong. This shouldn't happen to me. Why is this going on? I don't need all these kind of things happen. No, no. We don't need to be messing with that. If bad things are happening, stay there. Stop moving around. We're going to see that in the Word of God. It's important for you to understand. To develop your endurance. You've got to develop your endurance. Whatever it is that you're going to do, you've got to develop your endurance if you are training for a marathon. <clears throat> you don't get ready for the marathon on the day of the marathon. You've got to start preparing. You've got to start training. You've got to start doing things beforehand and doing something shorter than a marathon in order to get ready to do that marathon or whatever kind of a thing you're going to do. So it might be a swimming event. Maybe you're going to go out there and, do, uh, and swim a mile. Well, you've got to do some other mile swimming before that. Get yourself ready. But this word means to stay under, to bear up under trials, to have fortitude, to persevere, to abide or endure, to take patiently. The New Century Version puts this, translates this word or this verse this way. Be joyful because you have hope. Be patient when trouble comes and pray at all times. Most people, when trouble comes, we question. Why is this happening? Why is this going on with me? What did I do? No, you just endure it. I get amazed at how many people, what, you listen to the news, news people, and in the middle of January, they are shocked that it's cold. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that about news people? In the middle of January, they are surprised. Oh, we are just having an, an Arctic blast like we've never had before. Wait a minute, it's January. This is when they come. We get Arctic blast in January. Cold air, it dips down. And we get hit with it. And then it goes away. Hurricane season. Oh, no. Oh, oh we're going to get... Well, no. Hurricanes happen in hurricane season. Tornado season. They call it tornado season because tornadoes happen in tornado season. If you're going to live in an area where there are tornadoes, 
then you're going to have weather that's going to come around that's going to generate tornadoes. It shouldn't be a shock. This thing, these things happen. We kind of know. We're kind of living in a nice little pocket right here. I don't know if you all know that. We, we kind of are protected from hurricanes. They come through, but by the time they hit here, they're nowhere near like they were. All their oomph is going away. We don't get many tornadoes. We're not in a high earthquake uh, zone. Um, don't get a whole lot of floods. Get some. But uh, not like some of these areas where you see uh, these, the, the towering water that comes through. But, you know, we've, if you've dealt with a flood, and some people I know dealt with a flood last year, they, uh, that's, that didn't go so well. We, didn't like, we don't like that sort of stuff. But they happen. But let's be joyful because you have hope. Don't just be joyful. Why are you joyful? Well, I don't know. I should be. No, you, there's, there's hope. There's something to be hoped for. Be patient when trouble comes. What good is patience if it's not there when you need it? If someone's not testing your patience, do you really have it? Just because you haven't blown up today doesn't mean that you have patience today. It may just mean no one tested you. Be patient when trouble comes. Christians often have no staying power. But we need to have some more staying power. Now I messed up on this one here. This doesn't come from God to us. That word live there should be the word like. I'm not sure how that got typed in that way. But anyway, scratch that out. Put in there like. This doesn't come from God to us like His love or His Spirit does. These are His, his love is poured out in our hearts. His Spirit is given to us. We receive those things. But there are certain characteristics of God that we have to develop on the inside. You may have, you have some of it in you because God is in you. But you've got to develop those, those things. You've got to, you've got to make that, that come out. Just about every person here has the ability to lift weights. Just about every person here has or had the ability to swim has the ability to walk, has the ability to ride a horse, has the ability to do a lot of things, but just because you have the ability doesn't mean you developed it. You may have the patience of God available to you, but it does not mean that you have spent the time to develop it. We've got to develop it. Now, i put this in your outline for you. This one is developed and it takes... Three things. First off, it takes time. You've got to be willing to dedicate some time to this. Second, it takes effort. And third, it takes determination. It takes determination. You've got to make a determined effort and be willing to spend some time because this isn't going to happen right away. Now, that fallacy that got started that if you, know, you want patience and you pray for God to send you patience, God sends you tests and trials. And oh, you shouldn't pray for patience. I've heard Christians go out and they say, oh, I shouldn't have asked God for patience. Oh, he's just testing me. He's just messing with me. Oh, that's not the kind of God that we serve. God is not sitting up there just waiting for you to say the wrong words. God, give me patience. Oh, now, now we got him. Let's, let's hit him with everything we got. No, that's not the God that we serve. We live in a world that will throw tests and trials at you. Just like we live in a zone that in January it's cold. You may live in a zone that in, in the, the warmer ones, months it might be tornado season. Whatever it is, you live there, these are the things that come around. They happen. 
You live in a world where tests and trials are going to come against you. But if you develop your patience, if you develop it, you will be more ready to hit it when it comes. This is what we need to do. Develop that patience. Get that, that thing going. If you go around in the winter bundled up in three coats, a hat, scarf, and mittens, four pairs of pants, and then go out in the cold, you will not develop any immunity to the cold. You will always be cold. But if you're like some people who will go nameless, <laughs> who like to walk outside without coats on, you can develop a tolerance to a certain amount of cold and it not affect you. This is what you got to do. If you go out in the cold every time, oh, it's cold. Oh, 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 I don't like Oh, it's so cold. Oh, it's so cold. You're not developing any endurance for the cold. But if you go out to the cold and say, come and get me. Give me your best shot. Come on. It's, it changes your mentality. And you see, you develop something against the cold. This is what you, this is what you need to do. When it's coming to things like patience in trouble. When you need patience is in times of trouble because otherwise you're going to get yourself moved. Now, this is a characteristic of God. We're going to take a look at that here in Romans 15:5. Let's go ahead and go over there and read this. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus. May the God of patience, He is the God of patience, God as to his nature is love. We know that from 1 John. But he is the God of patience. You want to take a look at patience. God can say something and know that in a thousand years that's going to happen. That's patience. God is in no rush. He raised up the children of Israel. How many hundreds of years did he spend raising up the children of Israel? After 430 years in Egypt, he takes them out into the wilderness. And he, after a couple of years there, they're still rebellious. And what's he say to Moses? Stand back, I'm going to wipe them out and start over again. Can you imagine spending 430 plus years on a project and then just saying, forget it, let's start all over. I got another four or five hundred years to wait on this. Let's do it. He has patience. He is in you. Now the ESV puts it this way. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord, in accord with Jesus Christ. May the God of endurance and encouragement. These are qualities that He has. He is the God of endurance. He is the God of encouragement. If God is in you, then endurance, which is our word for patience, and encouragement, it's there in you. But you've got to develop it. You've got to do something with it. Romans 8.25, but if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. If we hope for what we do not see. Now, how many ever believe in God for something in your life that you do not see yet? All right, there we go. Just about all of us. There is something I've asked God for. There's something I know from the Word of God that I can have that God has sent me, but I don't see it yet. This is, he's writing for you. But if we hope for what we do not see. You see, if you see it, you're not hoping for it anymore. It's already here. 
The hope is for those things we don't see. For if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. That word perseverance is our word for patience or endurance. If we hope for what we do not see. Sometimes some people are believing God for a healing, a financial miracle, a job, whatever it might be. We're believing God for something, but I don't see it yet. So he says that we, first off, we hope for it. We eagerly wait for it with perseverance, with endurance. This does not describe how most Christians are waiting for their miracle or their promise. How most Christians are waiting for their miracle or their promise? How come it's not here yet? I've been believing God for three weeks and it's still not here. I've been listening to teaching every single day on faith and I've been putting all that to work. Three weeks now, it's not here. We're not eagerly waiting, we're eagerly complaining. Most Christians have no problem eagerly complaining. It's the eagerly waiting part that we, that we don't like. Now, you've got to develop some waiting characteristics inside yourself. Sometimes we, we don't develop waiting characteristics. We have chosen to develop instant characteristics. I want it now. And, and you don't just need uh, things that bring along lines of patience to develop this. You can do it on your own. How many have you... Have you ever had somebody in your family, somebody who's close to you, say, oh, I have a surprise for you. What do you usually say? What is it? Exactly. <laughs> what is it? Why? Because I want to know. I want to know. If they say, well, it's not, I'm not ready to tell you yet. It's not here yet. You'll see a number of different reactions. One, well, why in the world you tell me about it? Why in the world do you even tell me about it? Shouldn't have told me a, a thing. Just tell me when it's here. Or we get this. Please. Please. Oh, please tell me. Now, if you were to do that for me, my family has learned, don't do this to me. Don't bother. You could say to me, uh, my, the little girl, little girl come up to me, she'll, time, she'll tell me, I know what we have for you for Christmas. And you know what I say to her? Great, don't tell me. I don't want to know. I'm not the least bit curious. I don't go hunting around the house for stuff. My wife can just say, don't go in that room. I don't go in the room. Because I don't want to know. You see, I develop patience on that. I develop the, the, the whole idea of waiting. Because I can wait eagerly. And I've learned, I teach myself, I train myself constantly, everyday situations, wait Eagerly. I look forward to it coming, but I'm not going to get in a hurry. I'm not going to try and spoil the surprise. Train yourself to do that. Don't give in to this thing, no, no, I got to know now. Uh uh. No. Learn how to patiently wait with eagerness. Be glad. That's what we need to be doing. Now, the New Living Translation puts it this way. NLT, it's called. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. Now, I put it that way because of the part where it says wait eagerly with perseverance. It translated a little bit differently. And it's all right. It's, 
It's still in keeping with what it wants to say. We must wait patiently and confidently. A lot of Christians lose their confidence when they have to wait. Well, is that coming? Are you going to get that? Well, I hope so, but I don't know. It hasn't come yet. There's no confidence in that. No, we go out there. Yes. Yes, it is coming. God said in His Word. God said this. Yes, it is coming. But you don't have it yet. No, I don't. God told Noah, flood's coming. How long did it take? A hundred years. Abraham was told a baby's coming. How long did it take? Twenty-five years from the time that God said until the time that he got it. Twenty-five years. Now, he was a hundred years old. So you could say he was waiting even longer than that. But from the time the promise came, how long did Israel wait for the promised land to come? How long did they wait for Messiah to come? How long have we been waiting for the second, or not the second coming, how long have we been waiting for the rapture? <laughs> We've been waiting a long, long time for that rapture to get here. It's not here yet. That's all right. We still eagerly wait. We still wait with hope. We still wait with patience. Don't go before God and say, God, I'm tired of this waiting stuff. You need to come now. New Century Version reads it this way, but we are hoping for something we do not have yet. You don't see it. And we are waiting for it patiently. I hope the waiting that we do can be described by God, not by other people, but by God, that we are waiting for it patiently. But you've got to develop it. Now, this is how you develop it. First off, continuing. He's given us the, the list right here. Continuing in godly hope for what we don't physically see or possess. I don't physically see it yet. I don't possess it yet. But I continue in godly hope. Godly hope is not man's hope. Man's hope is wishing. Godly hope is based on something. God said, this is what I'm going to do. And we have that hope. I know it's coming because God said it. Continuing in godly hope. This will, this will help develop that. Number two, eagerly waiting for it. Eager, not just waiting for it. Eagerly waiting for it. I'm looking forward to it coming. I'm getting up. Oh, today might be the day that it comes. Way back when you used to order packages in the mail and you didn't have UPS tracking, FedEx tracking, and you didn't know when it was coming. You'd always eagerly wait. I don't know if you were like me. You know, when those, uh, big thing for me when we were growing up is the cereal boxes had the little things inside that you would mail. You had to eat the, the whole cereal box. And then you had to take the, the, uh, the part on the bottom, the box top or something like that, and cut out something on the cereal box itself and uh, put it all into an envelope and then put a stamp on it. We used to do that. <laughs> we used to put stamp on envelopes a long time ago and then put them in the mailbox for the mailman to take on, on out and then it would go out. And we don't know how long it took for that thing to get out there. And we don't know how long, you know, they'll take, they'll, they'll say right on there, allow four to six weeks for delivery. Of course, we didn't believe them. We were sure it's going to be here next week. See, <laughs> so you're waiting for it. And you know, I don't know if you did this or not, but I, I just know grandkids were over at the, the house and, the, and Chenzo, he was eating some cereal. And I noticed he was reading the cereal box. Now, he can't read all the words on it yet, but it didn't stop him from reading the cereal box. I thought, man, we used to do that too. 
I used to park myself in front of that cereal box and read that cereal box the whole time I was eating. Now, see, most people, when they ate their, their cereal, they would, uh, you know, you get a, a big, hefty-sized cereal box, and that would last you a week or two. It would last me about two days. You could ask my mom. Big jumbo box, Cheerios, yellow box. I could be through that thing in two days. That's not overeating. That's just normal. Normal eating. I had the Jethro. I remember Beverly Hillbillies? Jethro cereal bowl. They got that from me. I had it before Jethro did. Because there are no bowls in the house that would hold enough cereal for me. So I would get mom's mixing bowl and I would pour the stuff into the mixing bowl with the milk and then I'd eat. My grandfather would go down the shore. He would laugh at me. He would say, you're not going to eat all... Sure enough, I did. Ate the whole thing. They thought that was the funniest thing. So I would sit there and eat this, but you see, I could go through a cereal box in two days. And so there's no problem to cut that cereal box up and mail all the stuff in. Other people, I felt bad for them. You know, it took them a week or two to get through all that. But then you would send that and you would be waiting four to six weeks for the, you know, the little submarine that would, would submerge itself in the water or whatever it might be. And so you're always, you're eagerly waiting, eagerly waiting. Eagerly, you're training yourself. Eagerly waiting. This is what we got to do. Continue in godly hope and be eagerly waiting for it. Enduring the wait. Now, just it's it's not good enough to just get through the time. You got to endure the right attitude. You may endure it because you have no choice. It's not here yet. Enduring because you have no choice is not the right way. You endure it with a good attitude. Being joyful and glad. Not complaining. Don't be, don't be going in that direction. For if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. If you want to know if you're doing the first part, just see if you're doing the second part. If we hope for what we do not see, if we have godly hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. If you are not eagerly waiting for it with perseverance, you are not waiting for something with godly hope. Now go over here over to Matthew chapter 10 verse 22. How many of you ever asked this question? How long do I need to endure? <laughs> Anybody ever asked that question? How long shall I endure? It's kind of like the question the disciples asked. How many times shall I forgive my brother? <laughs> they, didn't really like, they didn't really like Jesus' answer on that one. Seventy times seven. But how long do I need to endure? Matthew ten twenty two, And you will be hated by all men for my name's sake. How many have that verse on your refrigerator? But he who endures to the end will be saved. How long do you need to endure? To the end. To the end. That's encouraging. 1 Corinthians 13, 7. Speaking about love. Of course, he starts off right in the beginning. Love is patient. But here in verse 7, it says that love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures 
all things. It doesn't matter what comes at you. It doesn't matter how much, how often. You got to get that attitude. Bring it. Come on. Is that all you got? You can do better than that. You're not even coming close to testing me yet. Second Timothy 2, verse 12. If we endure, we shall also reign with Him. If we endure. There's a condition. If we endure. How long do you need to endure? Till it's done. We shall also reign with Him. If we deny Him, He also will deny us. Don't deny Him. Stay with it. Stay in it. If we endure. There's a condition on that. He knows not everybody's going to endure. Not everybody's going to hang out to the end. There's some people that have their limit. Do you have something in your life that it bugs you if you have a limit? Something that you have to stop doing and not spending money. <laughs> I, know, I know we all get a little irritated, wouldn't you? We have a limit. You only spend so much money. You only spend what you have. But are there things that you would like to do longer? How many would like to eat longer? But you have a limit, don't you? Because I know if I don't stop, other limits will be surpassed. We don't necessarily want to do those. So we have, but I've heard people talk about this. Oh, when I get to heaven, I can eat all I want. I've also, I've had the thought, when I get to heaven, I may not have to spend any time at all eating. I kind of like that idea. But whatever it is, there, there's a limit. We wish we could go a little bit longer. How many of you have ever woken up on the, in the morning because you had to be up at a certain time? And wished that you didn't have a limit. Wished that you could extend it. There are things that we want to be able to extend. You can extend how long you can endure something by taking the little things that come your way and enduring them. Train yourself. Learn to train in everyday situations. Get your endurance up. Now, there may be a struggle. Hebrews 10.32 says, But recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings. There may be things you struggle through. It's important that you learn how to endure. Because if you don't learn how to endure, you won't stay with it. Now, how many people like, how many people like boats? Anybody like boats? A couple, couple of people like boats, like to go on boat rides. Yeah, I have no endurance for boat rides. I may have endurance, but I have no endurance for boat rides. I get on that boat ride, and that boat starts going up and down. I'm ready to come back. I don't try to develop my endurance for boat rides, but some people, they go out in the boat, and they're out there all day. They can be out there all day. They, they call it getting your sea legs, your, your ability to go up and down. And up and down. And up and down. I have no endurance for that. I have no endurance for round and round rides. Anybody know, know the, the rides that go round and round real fast? I have no endurance for them. I finally decided 
I'm not going to try and develop that. <laughs> and so when the grandkids come up and they say, we want to go on the round and round ride, pop-up is for high, pop-up is for fast, pop-up is for dangerous, but not round and round. So I, nope, that's, that's it. I may go on one round and round ride the entire time we're at the park, but if I go on two or three, pop-up is not the same. Man, it just messes with me. I don't try and develop endurance in that area. How would you develop, develop endurance? You get on the round and round rides. Now, obviously, I'm not a candidate for being an astronaut because the astronauts, they put them in super-duper round and round rides. And they, they, have to, they count the forces by how many Gs they get. One, two, three. <laughs> they start counting numbers. How many G-forces they're getting on that. I, I don't even get a tenth of a G-force. And I'm out. Because I haven't developed any endurance. I have no desire to develop that endurance. You have to desire to develop endurance. You have to say, I am not going to be one the devil can throw off. I am not going to be one that the devil can push off. I am going to endure. Because he says here in 2 Timothy, if we endure, we shall also reign with him. Do you want to reign with him? We all want to reign with him. That apparently is not something that's just promised to you. You will reign with him. No, you may be with him, but if you want to reign with him, you better endure. God's looking around. Oh, that one dropped off. Can't use them yet. Doesn't mean you don't get in. But if you want to reign... But again in Hebrews 10, recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with suffering. How many people here, when you got illuminated with the gospel, when you got illuminated with the faith message, when you got illuminated as Jesus as the healer, when you got illuminated as the, as the Holy Spirit with his gifts, when you got illuminated in these things, opposition came. You had to endure. Parable of the sower talks about endurance as well. Hebrews 12, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Now, he endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. There is something that was set before him. Here, Jesus, here's the joy. In order to get there, you have to go through this. The same thing is there for us. If you want to get to the joy on the other side, there is something in between. Every single mom in the world knows what that feeling is. There is a joy on the other side. But to get there, you have to go through the birthing process. And that is painful. You have to endure. You have to go through that. But then on the other side, the reason you do it is on the other side. On the other side, there is joy. And there are things like this all through our life. We have to endure in order to get to the other side. Now, birthing's a little bit easier in that you don't have a choice. Once emotions are, once everything is set in motion, you can't just change your mind. You know what? Decided I'm not going to do this after all. <laughs> it's not going to happen that way. <laughs> but with the things with God, you can you cannot uh, change horses, so to speak. 
you can go in a different direction. But he's saying, don't do it. Jesus didn't. He endured the cross. He's in a direction. On the other side of that cross, here's the joy. He's heading in the direction of the cross. You have to go through it. There's suffering there. You have to go through that to get to the other side. Ah, oh, all right. This is what we need to do. Let's get to the other side. He endured. This, the word endured there both times is our, our word for patience. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. If you're ever thinking, boy, life is hard. Oh, I can't believe it's so hard for me to get through this. Oh, i got to do so much to endure. Think of what Jesus went through. Just think about what Jesus went through. He went through it. He was successful. You can go through it too. James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. What's approved? Well, when God says you went through it enough. I'm gonna, he, he's the one giving out the crown. If you're giving out the crown, you get to decide when's enough. It's just like if you have you know, little kids and you send them out in the yard to do some work. Anybody ever done that? And, you know, rake up the leaves. And so they go out and they rake up ten. And you say, if you rake up the leaves, I'll give you $10, $15, whatever it might be. You give them a dollar amount if you go rake up the leaves. And they go out and they rake up 10 And they ask, is that enough? Uh, no. That's not $10 worth of leaves. Go out again. And they may go out for a little bit longer and come on back. Is that enough? They're trying to get by. They're trying to do just enough. You want them to go out there and take it on. But you're the one giving out the $10. You're the one who gets to decide. They don't decide. They can't come to you and say, I think I raked up enough leaves. Have your kids ever done that? You gave them a job. And then they come to you and say, I think I did enough. Well, it don't matter. I'm the one with the $10. I'm the one giving out the $10. I'm the one you got to make happy. That's all there is to it. Just like when you were at work. Your boss is the one with the paycheck. You've got to do what the boss says to do in order to get the paycheck. You can't do what you want to do. <laughs> but that's how some people go. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Stay focused. My focus stays on the fact that my purpose in coming result far outweigh what is coming upon me now. That baby coming far outweighs what we're going through now. Of course, yes, some moms at the time, it may have been questionable. <laughs> but you got through. Now, the temptation is to believe that my calling or purpose is not very important. And neither it or the promised end result merits my continuing endurance. That's the temptation. The devil's going to come and tell you. Well, what God has called you to do, it's not worth all this that you're, you're facing. What God has called you to do, the reward that he says is there, is there at the end, it's not worth you going through all this. And he's going to mess with your endurance that way. Now, when we, if we fail... Neither will demonstrate the merit of being trusted with anything of equal or greater value in this or the kingdom to come. 
If we fail, if I go through and in failure, God can't say, well, you proved yourself. In the next kingdom, we're going to give you more. We're going to put more on you. Regardless of what we think our calling is worth in this life, God looks at our diligence in how much we endure to determine what happens in the one to come. This is our proving ground. Show them what you're made of. Now, endurance will be affected by several factors. I wrote, I gave you space to, to write these down. Endurance will be affected by several factors. First off, and I'll tell you this is huge, my joy. Your joy level will greatly affect your endurance. How much fun do you get out of it? How much joy do you get out of it? You gotta find, sometimes you gotta work hard to find the joy. If you go out, how many, you've been out there to the, to the, to the gym, and you're doing the lifting the weights, and you're doing the things that cause pain, and, and you know, where's the joy? Where's the joy? I'm not, I'm not feeling any joy. I'm just feeling pain. But you stay at it, you keep going, and eventually you begin to see some changes. Ah, I found the joy. That's what I've been looking for. Find the joy. It's developing you. It's changing you. Endurance will help you in your walk. First off, my joy. Secondly, my stamina. How much can you take? How much can you take? The devil's standing up there. He's got more to throw at you. Come on, devil. I got, I got room for more. Get your stamina up. You only get your stamina up by getting out there and getting busy in it. Endurance will be affected by several factors. My stamina is one. You may only have stamina for 30 minutes of tribulation. But if you stay under it, you can get your stamina up to an hour's tribulation. Maybe an hour and a half. Pretty soon it's a couple of days. And it just keeps on going. Get that stamina going. Number three, what I am dominated by. Are you dominated by the need to complain? That's going to affect what you can do. Are you dominated by the need to have bad thoughts? To think ill? If, but what if you're dominated by thinking the word? Quoting the word, speaking the word. Where did that dominate you? Isn't that going to change how you get through this? This is what we need to do. Endurance will be affected by several factors. My joy, my stamina, what I am dominated by. Fourth, what I have learned to overcome. You can learn to overcome some stuff. John and I, when we've been out and we've been doing some things, we talk about some of the things that kids face these days and just can't seem to overcome. And we've compared, you know, kids, both my kids, they learned how to overcome. They learned how to overcome things, how to, how to do stuff, how to solve problems, and they still do that today. They still get in there. If they have a problem, they get in there and overcome things. John was getting frustrated because his kids, they would face something, they, oh, that's it, I can't do it. What do you mean you can't do it? You get out there and you do it again. And he had to, he had to instill that. He had to drum that in them. They didn't get it from him. 
but that's a, a trait that they had. And so he had to work with them to get them, get them out of those things, get them to, to think, I can overcome, I can solve the problem. How many have kids that they, they had, to, you had to work through that, that sort of thing? You had to, how do we get them to do that? My, my parents had to work with me because I was not a person who would overcome a whole lot of things, but I learned how to, how to do it, and, um, and that changed me. Learn how to do it, how to overcome. What have I learned to overcome? Overcoming isn't something that just happens. Sometimes you've got to learn how to do it. You've got to learn how to, how, how to get there. Now, Lamar, he's got a mindset like me. More times we talk about things, Lamar, we just, we just think so much alike, it's almost dangerous to put us two together. If, if, when we're together, somebody usually gets hurt. <laughs> but, but anyway, but Lamar, he's got that same mentality. If something didn't work, well, it just won't work that way. It doesn't mean it won't work. It just won't work that way. Or maybe I can get it to work that way. I just got to tweak it a little bit. Right? I mean, we just get, we tweak it a little bit and we, we get it going. And uh, that's why, you know, you probably have pictures of Lamar balanced on all sorts of stuff, trying to get up over here to, uh, I know I can, one more, put another pot on that. Because <laughs> he's a person who's learned how to overcome. And danger is not a, not a factor. It's the, the, the thing is, let's get it overcome. There we go. So, what I've learned to overcome. You can learn to overcome some things. Here's the last one. My understanding. We're going to get into this a little bit more here in the, in the next section. But your understanding of what is going on will greatly affect your, your endurance. Greatly affect your endurance. How many have ever been involved in a situation? Why am I doing this? Why is this going... Why? And as soon as you find out what, oh, oh, if I only knew it, I'll go back to the movies here for you. How many remember the scene, wax on, wax off? I mean, that's all you got to say, and you people get, get a visual of that. You remember, you know, he, the, Mr. Miyagi, is that what his name was? Mr. Miyagi? He's over there, he's done. Wax in the car, wax on, wax off. <laughs> wax on, wax off. And then he gets him onto the floor and he's doing the floors and he's doing all these different things. Finally, he said, I've had enough. And he says, I've painted your fence. I've waxed your car. I've scrubbed your floors or whatever he's been doing. He says, I didn't come here to do your chores for you. I came here to learn how to fight. <laughs> and I love the scene. I can still picture my head. It's been years since I've seen it, but I love the scene. And he goes, you know, wax on. And that's a defense move. But he was building up his muscles for that defense move. And then, he, what was it, paint defense? Paint defense, and do it this way. And then he showed him what that did. And now he has understanding. Oh, give me that wax. <laughs> See, now your understanding will greatly impact your endurance. And if your understanding can help you grow in endurance, then don't you think God wants you to have more understanding? There comes a time when you have to trust Him. God, if you said to do this, I'll do it. And I'll do it with everything I've got. So that shows God a, a change in your character. Oh, now that we got into this point, we can do things. We couldn't do these things before. Now we can. 
But if you have that endurance, if you have that understanding, your endurance will increase. You can go pursue God for it. He'll give it to you. But you ought to get to the, eventually the spot. When God says, wax on, yes, sir. I don't need to know why. I just need to go out there and do it. James 1, 2, and 4. You all know this verse real well. My brethren, count all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. I have shared with you before when the light turned on for me for this. And I can't share everything. I know I talk, uh, I talk a lot about running because God, this is how God teaches me Him. God will teach you through whatever it is that you do. But it has to be something that you do, something that you interact with. He will teach it to you. God taught me what this verse meant through running. If you wonder why I have the love for running in storms, why I have the love for running in cold, why I have the, run, the love for running in heat, why if a tornado is going on out there, I will go out and run. Why if a thunderstorm is going on, I will go out and run. I don't care what's going on, I will go out and run because every single time I do it, I learn how to put my flesh under and count it all joy. I didn't used to count it all joy. I still remember one time I was out working at the fish store and there's a thunderstorm that's rolling in. I was uh, probably senior year in high school, junior year in high school, something like that. And it was a nasty thunderstorm. I'm about two miles from home. I don't have a car. I don't, uh, and so I called up mom and dad to see if they had an opportunity to give me a ride. Well, the car was out. Everything was gone. So I hung up the phone. I still remember that day real well. Hung up the phone because I didn't like running in thunderstorms. I said, all right, I better get going. And so I, I quick closed up the store, got everything going, and ran home. Thunder cracking, lightning going on, just hitting all over. And uh, that didn't sit well with me. I didn't like it. I did not enjoy it. But God began to teach me some of these things. And once he did, I began to say, all right, I'm going to go out in the storms. I'm going to go out in the cold. And eventually, I learned how to love it to where I actually schedule to go out when it's stormy, when it's cold, when it's the nastiest weather out there. Not because I don't like running in nice weather. It's because every single time I do, I build up my endurance over my flesh. And I look for every opportunity to do it. You have opportunities in your everyday life to overcome your flesh. Whatever it is that you do that your flesh rises up and says, No, we're not going to do this. And you take authority over that flesh. You are building your endurance. It doesn't matter if it's spiritual or not spiritual. You can do it. You can build up that endurance. Every time you go to the grocery store and your flesh rises up and says, I want the cookies. And you say, no cookies for you. And you leave the store without the cookies. You have beat up on your flesh and you've shown her who's boss. Whatever it is that you do, if your flesh rises up, you have an opportunity to count it all joy when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Patience, endurance, it's our word. The testing of your faith produces patience. When you finally get it down in your spirit what this verse means, Every time something goes wrong, it will rise up in you and say, Glory to God! Here's an opportunity. Here is an opportunity 
for me to develop patience, to build up patience. When something goes wrong, I wasn't counting on it going wrong. Here's my opportunity to develop patience. Count it all joy. Don't be complaining to God. I told you that story when I was down. I had to go um, down to shore and deliver a bunk bed. Going down to shore, truck tires making noise. God showed me a place. Great people. They were able to fit it in and, and worked on it. It messed with my schedule. It meant I had to do some things that I wouldn't have normally had to do. It meant I had to carry some things that I wouldn't have normally had to carry a mile or two. But the whole time I'm doing, you know what I'm doing? Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm down the shore. I'm working. I'm doing some stuff. I'm just counting it all joy. I didn't get upset. I didn't get mad. My flesh wants to. But you see, as long as I keep going through all the little tests and trials I hit every single day and go through them with an attitude of, bring it on, devil. Come on, bring it. It's not the best you got. Man, that's nothing. <laughs> then I maintain that supremacy over that. But you can get somebody who shows up in your life and begins to do some things over at work, a boss, a neighbor, whoever it might be, and they get in your life and they get under your skin. Aha. Uh -huh. Not counting it all joy anymore, are you? <laughs> well, there's, uh, that one got in. Father, I see. I got a weakness over there. I got to get that one stronger. I don't look to run from them. I look to go after them. Romans 5. Three through four. Not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Do what? Glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. So there you have James telling you that and Paul telling you that. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. Isn't that where we started at before? With hope. First Thessalonians 1, 2 through 4. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love and patience, of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and Father. Knowing, brethren, your election, knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. Now, my lack of understanding causes me to question what I should accept. If you have a lack of any understanding on the thing, you will question what you should accept. You will demand now what I will receive. The Word of God says you will receive this. No, I want it now. Because I don't have the understanding. My lack of understanding also causes me to feel like a failure when I may very well be on the way. I may be on the way to doing exactly what God wants to do, but because I don't have the understanding of what's going on, I feel like a failure. Just like the uh, kid in Karate, Karate Kid movie. Felt like a failure. All I'm doing is cleaning, waxing cars, not learning what I need to do. Felt like a failure, but he was actually on his way. You know, God has put you through some things. He got you on your way. Proverbs 14, 29. He who is slow to wrath has great understanding. person that is slow to wrath we'd also describe as a patient person. He who is slow to wrath has great understanding. But he who is impulsive 
exalts folly. Take a look at the New Living Translation on this. People who understand, people with understanding control their anger. People with understanding control their anger. A hot temper shows great foolishness. And you just thought it was a personality trait. Not according to the Word. The CSB translation reads this, A patient person shows great understanding, but a quick-tempered one promotes foolishness. The New Century Version, Patient people have great understanding, but people with quick tempers show their foolishness. How often do you folks take a look at different translations when you're, when you're studying the Bible verse? Do it often? If you do not have the capacity to do that, let me know. I'll, I'll send you some, uh, some links. There's uh, one in particular that will show you. Actually, I have about three different ones. As you, okay. it, 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 there's about three different ones that I've, I've got that if you, uh, you can get them on the, on the, online. You can get them on your phone. You can get them on your computer, whatever. And you can see a whole bunch of translations. They all, they all don't have every one. But uh, a couple of them, they have a, a ten of them. And you can compare them real, real quick and real easy and see that. And that can be very helpful for you to do. He was slow to wrath, has great understanding. We've got to make sure that we, we fall into that category. That's um, Psalm 37.7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret because of Him who prospers in His way. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. A lot of times, folks, we're not resting. We're not patient. We're anxious. I got to get this now. I need this now. I should have this. I need to be healed. I need to receive this money. I need to get this job. I need to overcome this problem. I need it now. I'm not waiting. I need it now. We're not resting. And we're not patient. How do you respond to a little kid who you say, when you go going through the store, hey, once we get all the shopping done, if you help me, I'll buy you something at the, at the counter. You can get one of those little candies and stuff. And all through the store, can I get it now? Can I get it now? How about this one? How about this one? Can I get it now? I want it now. I want to open it. Can I open it? What's it make us want to do? I'm going to put that candy back. You're not getting any candy. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret because of Him who prospers in His way because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. We look at people that are wicked and we see them getting some good things going on. Why are they having all that? Why are they getting that money? Why are they getting that deal? Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for Him because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Don't be, don't be messing with them. ESV reads this verse this way. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Fret not yourselves over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. The NET says, wait patiently for the Lord. Wait confidently for him. Do not fret over the apparent success of a sinner, a man who carries out wicked schemes. Wait confidently for him. ESV said, wait patiently for him. New, New King James said, wait patiently for him. The CSB be silent before the Lord and wait expectantly for Him. Don't wait disappointingly. Well, God, you sure take care of everybody else, not me. Wait expectantly. No, I know my God's coming through for me. I know my God is doing these things for me. 
Do not be agitated by the one who prospers in his way, by the person who carries out evil plans. Don't be satisfied with the level of understanding you have. Desire to understand more. Know that what you now understand could first of all be wrong, and secondly, it might be partial. That's going to hinder you in your endurance. Unless you have really grown in the area of trust. And whatever God says, you'll just do it. Let's wrap this thing up here. Last week, we're looking at steadfast. Steadfast is about me not being pushed off. Being steadfast means you take, you stand on that hill, you make that stand on that word, and no matter what comes against you, you are not pushed off of it. You are steadfast, immovable, as the word of God put it. Patience is about me not moving off. That's the difference. Steadfast is about me not being pushed off. Patience is about me not moving off. I got, I got this visual for this. If you are steadfast and you are making a stand and opposition comes against you and moves you and you moved, you know that you moved, you know where you moved from, and you work to get yourself back. Isn't that right? Because I, know I, I moved off. That's where I was. I got moved off. But I'm going to get back over to here because I was moved off. A person who fails in the area of patience is different. They're making a stand, patiently waiting. But when, it, when you fail in this area, it's more internal than external. And it's a decision on your part. And most times, I decide to not be patient. I am right. And I move myself. I wasn't moved. I moved myself. See, I moved to a different position. But I'm okay with this position. Because I know why I'm here. I was here. But those people you gave me, God. And we blame the people that are around us. We blame the situations that are around us. We blame the lack of answers. We blame all sorts of stuff. And I would be there, but this is going on, so I've moved over to here. Because this is an easier place for me to maintain. But you see, over there, in the steadfast area, if I fell off, I'm fighting to get back. Over here, I'm content. And most people that have failed in the area of patience are content with where they are because they know why they're there. And they made a decision to be there. But the Word of God is exhorting us this way. Don't be content. You need to have the patience, the endurance of God. He's your model. Not your neighbor, not the people that are around you. He's your model. How would he do it? How would he handle this? Get that kind of patience going on. Get that kind of that kind of endurance to where no matter what it is that comes against you I'm not moving I'm not moving you can do this in your natural thing I do this sometimes you know this just this month we've had some really cold days out there I was out there running <laughs> my face got cold I mean my I, when I tell you it got cold I don't mean I felt cold I mean it hurt I, it doesn't get my attention until it hurts it hurt so much, I was taking my hands and putting it up in my cheeks, trying to warm them up, but it wouldn't do any good. It just hurt. You know how I embrace that? I'm running further. 
and I tacked an extra mile or two on just because I am not giving in to the thought of quitting. I'm going to run further than I was going to, and I did. I took an extra couple of loops in the, in the neighborhood, tacked it on, and said, there, take that. Now talk to me about being cold again. <laughs> but see, that's the, I do it there. You can do it whatever area that you do it in, whatever area that you talk to yourself and tell yourself, no, I am not giving in. I am not going to believe the worst in this person. I am not going to complain. I am not going to say evil things about this person. I will not do it. Brother Hagin would share a story. And he talked about this minister who stole money from him. Stole money from him. And God told him, uh, I forget all the ins and outs of the story, but, but basically told him, I want you to take up an offering for him when he, when he was around and give it all to him. But he stole money from me. See, it wasn't about that other man. It was about Brother Hagin. And he did it. It's not about the other people. It's about you. Psalm 16.32, or last scripture here. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Patience. This is a new century version. Patience is better than strength. Huh. Look at the, how the King James put it. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. Here's the other way. Patience is better than strength. Controlling your temper is better than capturing a city. The New Living Translation reads it this way. Better to be patient than powerful. Better to have self-control than to conquer a city. The ESV. Whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes a spirit. Um, takes a city. He who takes a city. Rule your spirit, man. Patience is how you do it. Have that ability to say yes to the things of God and no to the things that pull you down. Learn to develop that trait when you're shopping for groceries, when you're in the Walmart, when you're driving on the road and somebody does something stupid and inside of you rises up the desire to say some things that the person in front of you is not even going to hear. Learn to develop the patience of God on the inside. If you can develop that patience on the inside, it is better than strength. The NET Bible puts it this way, better to be slow to anger than to be a mighty warrior. And one who controls his temper is better than one who captures a city. Don't underestimate how powerful being patient is. One of the most outstanding tributes of God is not just his strength, but how patient he is and how much he waits on us. We covered one word in the New Testament that is translated patience, that is translated endurance. There is a second word that teaches us a lot as well. We'll take a look at that next week. But all through this week, look for opportunities to develop it in everyday life. It's not just going to be when the devil comes against you. 
It's going to be when your flesh comes against you. It's going to be when your flesh wants you to think on something that's not right. When your flesh wants you to think on things that are evil. And you say, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to think on good things. I'm going to do what the Word of God said. You develop that kind of patience. You develop that kind of endurance. You develop the internal fortitude to say no to being moved. Sometimes we've developed that exterior one that says, you're not moving me. I'm ready. Give me your best shot. But you see, inside, our feelings, our thoughts, they can stir us. They can move us. We've got to take, take control of those things. I will not, but you rule me. Would you all stand up with me? Father, I thank you for your word. It has painted us a picture of the patience and endurance of our God. The thing is that he has endured the evil that he has seen in people and he doesn't wipe us out. He continues on. He is patient. He develops us. He loves us. No matter how much the devil wants to try and tell us that he is aggravated with us, he is upset, we serve a God who is patient, who is loving, who is caring. I thank you that you will develop these characters in us in our everyday situations that we face. But each of us is going to be different. But there are going to be some situations that we are in on a daily basis that will teach us how to develop patience. And as we develop patience, and we build up that reservoir on the inside. When real trouble comes, we're ready. We've got something. I thank you, Father, that you have put in us the ability to develop these traits. You've shown us where they will help us. Praise and the glory for it in Jesus' name. I'd like to give you a challenge this week. We have our praise reports every week. As you're going on through, and God begins to show you a way in your everyday life that you can develop this patience. I tell, I tell you stories of, of mine, how God develops me. Now, tell me some of yours. As you go through this week, maybe you've already seen it. But if not, you're going through this week, let God begin to speak to you. This is how you can develop patience. This is how you can develop authority over that flesh that wants to rule you. And let that spirit I put a lot of scriptures out there for you today. I hope this week you'll spend some time meditating over each one of them. And let them get down on the inside. This is one of the most important things. Far better equipped to develop the people that are around you and have the best team. Have a great week. Bless the people that are around you before you go. If you're coming back for the prayer class, we'll start that up at 1 o'clock. Feel free to head out. Bring some food back with you if you want. If you can't eat it there or if you don't want to eat it there, if you have brought some lunch and stuff, we'll get a table set up over here in the kitchen. And you can go in there and have uh, some lunch together before the class starts.